Hello and welcome to Easy Operations episode 29. This is the show where we talk about video games, wrestling, movies, and TV shows. My name is Ron, and as usual, I'm joined by James. Wubba-dub-lub-dub. And Mondo. Yes, Mondo. What? Yes. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing all right. Got a little group project, and let's just say the group does not like me. Well, well one person in particular, but uh, two weeks in a row now. Uh, you know, like these bad vibes. Like I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You know, so... All right. Well, good luck doing that. Um, well, guys, uh, should we talk about some wrestling? Hot, sweaty guys? Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, this weekend was WWE Hell in a Cell. This is the SmackDown, I believe, for this week or, yeah, this yeah, this, this month, I guess, their pay-per-view. And uh, it was, to me, a nice B-plus event. It was Bookended by two excellent actual Hell in the Cell matches and then some just solid ones in between. But overall, I, I would say this was an above average SmackDown pay-per-view, which in the past had disappointed on numerous occasions. Uh, but uh, what are some of the highlights that uh, either of you liked on this? Both the Hell in the Cell matches were some of the most creative and uh, especially the tag team one. It was very old school, brutal hardcore match not ecw hardcore but for wwe standards it's as hardcore as you as you're gonna get in the recent years and uh these two teams usos and the new day while they tend to feud for quite a long time uh they always put out great work and always come up with something different uh especially with this one and i enjoyed the outcome of this i hope it starts something new hopefully uh as was this past smackdown looks like they kind of are which is kind of nice and uh i would like to say in regards to the second match the shane mcmahon kevin owens hell in a cell match that has been probably one of the best cage matches in the recent memory i can't even think of the last good one uh I, mean, it was pretty fully falling off the hell in the cell that was always fun <laughs> but that was like a million years ago yeah. and um this one it was just like intense from the get-go and then just whenever they got to, to the top of the cage it was nail-biting because like oh are they gonna like are they gonna do that spot where they're gonna go through like you're also like and also thinking about like their well-being like damn i don't want them to hurt themselves are they really gonna jump off this stuff they went all out with this match this was probably one of the best uh hell in a cell cage matches and shane mcmahon matches in general uh in quite some time and uh, the only last thing i enjoyed about which was in the middle was the triple threat AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, and Ty Dillinger match. Um, those top three matches of the night for me. Um, I have to agree. Those three matches um, from the pay-per-view were spectacular. The in-ring psychology and out, you know, I guess you can just say uh, Hell in a Cell uh, psychology with uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon on top of that Hell in a Cell, just kind of him kind of uh, second-guessing himself whether he wanted to throw Shane off and, you know, you know kind of like, intending to kill this guy basically uh but he didn't do it which was great and uh, what i didn't what i liked and didn't like there was two aspects the part i really liked was like the fans like this crowd was really into every match even though some of the matches were subpar they were still into it which i really really do appreciate which is something you don't really say with a wwe crowd because they're just like in it for the moment and they're like quiet but overall, this was a great crowd. What I didn't like was that they were booing Kevin Owens when he walked down the cell or climbing down the cell, I should say. And it's like, guys, this is WWE. You guys want blood? I'm, I'm sorry. They're not going to go to the ECW extreme. 
Yeah, sometimes so, this, these crowds get a little too bloodthirsty, and, yeah, and like sometimes and, when someone goes through a table and they're like one more time, it's yeah, like, like, come on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's so much a human, the human anatomy can take. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, it was just amazing to see both of these guys. Just the, the psychology that went into the match was really great. Hands down, the best match of the night. Second best, I do agree. Uh, the tag team. They do go on for quite a bit. They're feuding. But hey, uh, you know, we were talking about this before. They do have great chemistry. And I went and I looked back in some of the shows. And yeah, you know what? They do pull off great matches. I got to give it to the Usos and the New Day for pulling out another spectacular tag team match inside that Hell in a Cell. And it was just kind of funny, like, seeing uh, Big E kind of lose it. He just kind of snapped. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, the triple threat uh, also was really enjoyable and fun to watch just you know out of nowhere i thought like baron corbin was going to miss out on his opportunity to win and then that that was just to me that was surprising i was just like really shocked yeah um i think i'll agree with both of you that i like both of the hell and cell matches what made the but i will say this though the one with shane O'Mac versus kevin owens the infighting of themselves wasn't that impressive but to me, it kicked into high gear when they were on top of the cage. It had this level of tension like, wow, are these guys really going to do it? They're going to kill each other. They're going to break a bone from this high end. We knew the history of past Hell in the Cell matches. They seemed to be continually smashing one particular panel where they were slamming. I'm like, are they trying to get this thing to open in half and let them through to the bottom? And it was just that tension where our imaginations were running wild as wondering how bad is this going to get? Um, yeah, it, it was really interesting on, on that part. I guess one part that I didn't like of the card for that night was uh, Nakamura losing. This guy was built up as a big thing in NXT. He was a big deal in Japan. Um, and he comes here and, you know, unfortunately he's not master of the language has a bit of a difficulty with his promos. And they, despite the hype and coming in and the crowd being all behind him, he loses to Jinder Mahal clean. So, you know, just, I don't know what to do about this because where do you go from here for uh, Shinsuke Nakamura? What do you guys think? Well, I think uh, what they need to do is just uh, Vince needs to relax and just kind of go, hey, because he doesn't know the English language well, they're, you know, the fans aren't going to relate to him. Well, the fans already relate to him. I mean, he already has a charisma. You don't have to put him in front of a mic every time and expect him to speak and, you know, cut these crazy promos. What I would like to see was back in the early days of, like, him in NXT or, like, say, uh, Hideo Itami, uh, you know, they would have interpreters and they would speak in their native language. That gave more refreshing feel. Like, hey, yeah. you know, it's international. There's different cultures, different languages. Let's not just be oblivious. Like, say, hey... English is the only language in the world. You're the, you know, it's not the World Wrestling Federation. You're the, uh, yeah, it's World Wrestling Entertainment now. So <laughs> within that world, not everybody speaks fluent English. I think what they should do is just, you know, uh, have an interpreter for Shinsuke Nakamura. And I think that would be great because, like I said, the more cultural-esque essence you have in there, the better. And Vince thinking that, hey... Certain guys that are on the roster who can't speak English, the fans will not relate. That is such crap. That that's just me. Anything you want to add, James? Nah, Mondo pretty much covered it. Okay. 
All right, well, uh, let's get into some what we've been watching. Uh, this week, we all got together and so actually separate occasions. We got together and watched Blade Runner 2049. That's your custody of me. <laughs> yeah, James, James uh, yeah, double right. dipped. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I get uh, James? Uh, this, <laughs> <laughs> this weekend you get to have them for the movies all right <laughs> uh so this movie is something that i think required for me a lot of research because it had been a long time since i've seen the original one not since it came out i probably saw it like maybe three years ago and which movie are you referring but, to oh blade runner the original one okay uh, but i saw the original cut i never saw director's cut and uh then on top of that, this movie has three short films that add quite a bit of a background to some of the characters that you're going to see and some of the events that are referenced in Blade Runner 2049. And I would highly recommend that you watch them. One of them is a 15-minute anime. Um, in two of them, one of them is for the character of Dave Batista, and the other one is the Jared Leto character. It's a bit of a little storyline. Those are five minutes apiece, and I would highly recommend that you watch those beforehand. Um, and going into this movie, I just want to say my, my overall thoughts in this is this is one that to me got better the more I think about it. But in the original moment, I wasn't blown away by it. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. So yeah, like I think the movie a while for you to process. Yeah. Yeah. Like the movie looks beautiful, but I saw a lot of people on Twitter prior to me going into the movies, hyping this movie and it's like amazing and this, this and that. And it's, it's a slow burn. But it just, um, it didn't blow me away. But as I think about it, I'm like, wow, yeah, they just, so many things going on here. So many great world building. So, I mean, yeah, loved it. But it kind of, just like the movie was a slow burn, I feel like it, my appreciation of it has been a slow burn. What say you guys? I do agree that it can be a very, very slow burn, especially with its length. It's about close to three hours. Um, the pacing, I I believe is deliberate um, as much as it, it can polarize people, but it is definitely going for that old school uh, detective noir style movie in a sci-fi setting. And this is what was the original as well. So the original was very slow burn. Um, don't expect much action, more of, uh, you know, people in shadows, uh, inquisitions, uh, things of that nature. But I, I enjoyed everything about this movie. So visuals were great. The acting was great. I enjoyed the mystery that was involved. And watching it a second time, I see those little details that kind of gave clues to what was going to go happen later that I didn't notice the first time. Um, and I appreciated this movie for that. And the world building it does is 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 quite quite tremendous uh, uh, for this uh, this kind of bleak future. And um, it does leave a lot of things open-ended uh, by the end. But in terms of the main central story arc of uh, Ryan Gosling's character, I enjoyed everything that happened in between them. This movie, guys, um, didn't see the first one, I have to admit. Um, you don't really have to see the first one to understand what's going on. I think uh, they did a great job on just establishing these characters and continuing the story. Uh, or if there was, because I still have to go see the first uh, Blade Runner itself. I was blown away. And there was like, when I'm really into something, I will pick up on these little little hints. And there was a point in the movie, I'm like snapping my fingers. Like, I figured something out. And I wanted to tell James, but then I'm like, I held myself back. 
I think you know which part I'm talking about, right, James? Where I'm like pointing with my fingers. I'm like, yeah, hey, hey. and I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm just gonna relax. Uh, when a movie does that for to me personally, it means it's great storytelling. It's great uh, cinematic effects. It's great photography. It's just everything about that movie was spot on. And the pacing, yeah, it might have dragged. Even though you know that theater that we love going to, the AC is like. Like at 60 degrees, I'm like trying to hold in my piss, I'm getting cold. But hands down, this is the best time I've been in a movie theater, best time I enjoyed watching a movie. And I love when movies do that, to me especially, and it was just, I, just everything positive. Well, I'd be interested to see, Mondo, what you think about the first movie. Uh, I hadn't realized you didn't see the original one. Um, if it has the same effect on you. Um, and uh, try to watch either the director's cut or the, uh, the final cut. Final cut. Both of those, and I did research on this, both of those are pretty much the same thing. However, the final cut has a little color correcting that uh, brings it up to more modern visual standards, but either one is fine. I ended up, because this is what happened, I think it was on Netflix at the time, and they had original cut. So, but, but, uh, you know, people don't like that one because it, uh, it had a voiceover, like an old detective movie. And oh, okay. a lot of people thought that was corny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like corny. How awesome was, uh, one of the main villains of this movie? Uh, this lady in the movie, her name is Love. Um, I thought she was great. Uh, in her yeah. role. Actually, everyone, Huge. everyone was great. Yeah, everybody. Uh, I mean, uh, Batista for the short role that he's in. <laughs> exactly. And I would recommend, then, uh, uh, like Ron said, to watch those shorts because they kind of give a more enriched experience. I would say the original movie is not required to wa- enjoy this movie because uh, it is essentially not about uh, the original characters, although it is in the same world. And, I, and uh, it seems like Mondo, even without seeing the original, you enjoyed it just as well uh, as much. Yep, and. You know, watch those Shinichiro Watanabe animes. You know, he's also known for uh, Samurai Champloo, biggest one, Cowboy Bebop. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so, one of you saw Kingsman again. Who was this? I saw this again. And second time around, I started noticing these little things, uh, these little hints. I didn't notice, like, in the background, there were like there was, like, this newspaper uh, uh, cutout. And basically, it was just says that, you know... Um, Spoiler alert! I'll give you guys five seconds. Is that is that cool? Is that enough time? Spoiler for which movie? Kingsman or the not first really? One? Is it oh, is the, the second one? one? Second one? Sorry, second one. Golden Circle. All right. Uh, well, uh, do let's let's give about ten seconds or something for a spoiler. For spoiler, you know, beep beep. Oh no, countdown. No, I'm saying you talk for ten oh, seconds. Okay. All right. <laughs> <People> <laughs> like, they're like, what is he doing? All right, but no, no. So just leave whatever, but. You guys want to know basically there was like this cutout and it said you know elton john kidnapped and i was like oh shit you know like huh it's like in the movie you know before uh before it, all this cool like action scenes uh start happening and oh, there's yes. like these little little tidbits here and there and i was like hey nice you know second go around was fun you know still like some of these characters and uh hopefully they'll make a third hopefully it just doesn't stop right there so yeah all right and Mondo, you also got a chance to watch stranger things what prompted this Okay, so it's October, you know, Halloween, things go bump in the night. And then I just, uh, I got a little tired doing my homework late at night. I was like, you know what? Let me, let me treat myself. Let me, let me see if I can find something on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? You guys have been talking about Stranger Things. And I was like, you know what? 
let me put this on. Let me let me see what the hoopla is all about. So I started. I only watched the first episode. I gotta say, you know what? Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not gonna give it like, oh my god, I'm blown away yet. Um, well, I you gotta give it some what's... time. It doesn't yeah. really kick in, I believe, till like the third episode. The but I did like the whole like uh, intro. It was like I'm like, whoa, what the heck is going on? So it was really intriguing how they grab you. And then uh, what transpired in the first episode and the way it ends, it was just like, okay, cool. You know, satisfied, a little, little uh, kickstarter there. But um, hopefully I will finish the series by the end of the week and I'll give you guys my thoughts uh, next week. And you'll be ready for uh, season two, which comes out at the end of the month. Oh, already? Oh, I thought it, okay. Well, I mean, cool. it's been a year. You're just oh. <laughs> starting it now. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's... Um, cop in that show is going to be the new hellboy so you can get a good idea oh, of his performance him? yep uh, you get a good idea of his performance from stranger things if you like him maybe get an idea of how well he'll do for hellboy and uh the main boy in stranger things was also in one of our recently reviewed movies it he plays us a more different character in this than he does in it um but he's also great in this oh the kid with the glasses right yep. on, uh, in the movie it yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like hey he looks familiar <laughs> Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Let us know what you think once you finish it. Sounds good. Um, what I've been watching is uh, this new Marvel show called Gifted. It is based in the X-Men universe. Uh, so as of right now, there's only been two episodes that have aired, and then they're also still directed by Brian Singer. In terms of the universe, I can't tell. I don't believe it's part of the movie universes, but the X-Men and the Brotherhood, all that stuff, do exist in um in this show uh however there seems to be some vague um explanation why they're not around something some kind of like a 9-11-esque incident that they are saying like the the x-men and the brotherhood are gone um we don't they haven't explained what that is yet but essentially this story uh um based on the first two episodes is that there's two concurrent storylines of these mutants that are just generally running away um from the sentinel forces that are trying to capture them and this other side story which involves this family um, that works for the Sentinel Force that captures mutants, and they find out that their kids end up being mutants, and they kind of change their like mentality on the whole um, mutant stuff because now they feel for them because now they have their kids, and they're trying to convince the other group of mutants to help them out. But you know, it's a lot of conflict because this person used to hunt them, and they don't trust them, uh, things of that nature. And uh, this was actually really, really good. This this universe is very bleak uh it's kind of like a darker version of uh this universe but i highly enjoy it especially if you like um superhero-esque shows it's a little bit more serious than uh, all the ones out there i think uh, the closest thing i can relate it to is probably more in the tone of legion it's not as good as legion uh, as far as i can tell as of yet legion is on its whole new category on its own but uh gifted has a lot of potential right now i'm very excited that it's seem- it's seemingly uh paying off uh on on its hype and uh, what a cool little tidbit, one of the characters has a ringtone of the original 90s X-Men theme. It's, it goes really quick, but it's really it was a really cool little uh, Easter egg. Oh, that's cool. The cartoon show? The cartoon show, yeah. So the theme song, uh, you recognize it once they play it. Um, <laughs> there's not much notable <laughs> mutants that are like name recognition. A lot of people probably at most will just know Blink um, and maybe Polaris. Uh she is in this too, and in this, she's still, they're keeping with the comics where she's still Magneto's daughter, so that's kind of cool. Um, 
they didn't change much in that fact so i i recommend you guys checking it out especially since you guys like uh comics and stuff as well yeah this is something that i wanted to see i forgot about it but as you as you were talking i basically added it to my hulu so i'm gonna definitely check this out <laughs> i'm sorry i bored you <laughs> <laughs> no i just i didn't want to forget <laughs> <laughs> and I also checked my email and another thing I, I just started on um, a lot of people were talking about it at work and uh, I never heard of this show before but it got a lot of positive vibes it's called The Good Place have any of you guys heard of this? nope yeah neither did I right so it's basically about it's interesting it's a it's a very quirky show it's, it's kind of like a it's a comedy but where the concept of it is that about it's about this girl, um, Kristen Bell, who um, it starts off with her uh, just in this office, and um, this it ends up this being this place called the Good Place, and how to get to this is basically uh, everyone here has died already, um, they're all dead. So uh, in this universe, basically based on what you've done in your life. They have like an algorithm uh, of uh, what puts you to the good place and this other place called the bad place. It's kind of like heaven or hell, but they don't specifically say that. And uh, the thing is that she is not a good person, but somehow got into the good place. And that's and there's like a mystery to the show. It's like, how did she get there? And because of her presence, uh, it's, it's messing things up in the good place. Like it's causing uh, uh, conflicts and, and weird things to happen in this world. And but in, and what makes it kind of funny is that she's also trying to hide and stay in this good place. Uh, she happens to have the same name of this person uh, that also died, uh, who was a good person, but she's none of that. And the whole concept of her is trying to hide in there. And then as you, the story goes along, you find out that other people are also not supposed to be there. And it's it's a very intriguing and uh, surprisingly really smart show. I would. Uh, Definitely suggested if you're into it's very short, it's like 30 minute uh, shows. Um, and then I guess there's a new season that just started. Uh, but if you want something quirky and uh, uh, interesting, something worth checking out, maybe. Is this on Netflix? Yes, it is on Netflix. Okay. Live action? It is live action. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting, you know, because like it takes place in this good place when there's a lot of like. Anything you want, they can do. So, like, they give you, like, a place based on your personality. And then you can fly and all do all this stuff. But the more, just the mystery of, like, why she's there and how she's there is uh, what drives it. All right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I haven't really been watching anything beyond Blade Runner. So, uh, that's going to do it for us on TV shows and movies. Uh, Now, let's talk about some games and Mondo, you are now the newest owner of a Nintendo Switch. Now, take us through what happened here, because the last time I spoke with you, you were saying you're saving up for the Xbox One X. What happened? <clears throat> so, you know what? I just said, ah, the heck with it. Let me uh, let me get a Nintendo Switch. So, you know, went down to the Target by my work. That's very good reasoning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, hey. uh, I think I'll get it today. That's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like the itch, you know, Nintendo Switch. And then, uh, you know, I went to my local Target, picked it up. I was looking, because uh, about a week ago, I sent you guys a photo. They had the uh, neon colored, uh, you know, system. And I was like, you know what? Eh, they'll probably have it again. I'm like, eh, they didn't. And I really wanted it. So I just said, hey, 
here just uh, let me let me grab that thing so i did opened it up started playing on my on my lunch break uh at work man uh me and my friend walter we just started playing that thing and uh about oh you know kind of went over our lunches for like about 10 minutes because we were so into playing mario kart and uh man you know what i i like this system uh great recommendation on those two games james stardew valley which i haven't started because i know once i do communication is going to be gone life is i will over. not talk to you like life is no life is only beginning but, <laughs> wow. but it'll be life is over when when i start playing that game for everybody else because uh you know me you saw me uh stream some of that game on xbox one it did like a 16 hour playthrough and it, the game is just so relaxing so now you can amazing. play it anywhere I, yep and i think it could be a good thing or a bad thing but um i did pick i also picked up golf story and it's a uh funny storyline like you said it's it's a uh, uh, these weird antics these weird characters they're funny uh but just like these weird situations that you're uh in in this uh, golf coursing world and i feel like it's like another stardew valley where it's very relaxing it's a game of golf and just the rpg elements within is really great and i like how they they mesh that together and i'm afraid if i start playing golf story again you uh, you're not going to hear from me anytime but soon. But I think uh, Golf Story is a little bit more linear and more uh, structured, so at least you can finish that. I think Stardew Valley, you could play it as long as you want or as short yeah, as you, you want. So that was a little bit more open-ended. And uh, in terms of Golf Story, how far did you get? Um, basically, I popped that little kid with the golf <laughs> golf ball to get him out of the water before he got oh. eaten by alligators. <laughs> you bucked him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was just kind of messing around. I wanted to play like a you know couple of, uh, couple of holes there and... Uh, I, I was really aiming for a hole in one and I started getting used to the whole like uh not not the power shot but the control shots mm-hmm. and I forget what other terms that they have for this other when you hit the white button you can kind of like oh yeah your uh your gauge you know it can kind of help you like hey if you want the ball to come over here right. we can assist you with that so it, just for being a basic golf game like it's really deep yeah like just the just the gameplay but um story wise I did talk to somebody with a boombox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't like the Frisbee kids, which it's, is kind of funny. It's funny how there's like these cliques and gangs in this golf club. Uh, this golf yeah. club, um, And they all speak with like Australian. I think it's made by Australian developers, but they all ha- they all call each other mate. And yep. uh, um, But yeah, man, as, uh, as far as when you get into it, you, it's uh, even there's a lot of humor in that game. And uh, let me know what you think once you get there. I think I'm in the second course right like not course but second area like i got to the point where i got an overworld and i can go different places beyond that initial one um but there's a lot it seems like there's a lot to do in that game and it's gonna be fun oh yeah and just the uh interactions you have and the dialogue yeah make sure to talk to everybody because uh uh they may ask you to do stuff or they'll give you things and or to offer some funny insight in the game because uh like someone will tell you it's like oh uh, can you give me like a hot dog or something? And then if you go to this bar and you find this hot dog thing there, you can give it to her and she'll give you money and you get XP. Um, yeah. So just make sure to talk to everybody. Um, and, uh, don't worry about playing those little, like, you know, unless you want to just practice, uh, we'll save your like actual golf playing whenever they give you the challenges or actually story parts. Okay. Yeah. But al- although you will see like secret things anywhere, like switches and all that, then go ahead and try to aim for those. All right. Sounds great. Mondo, any interest on kind of picking back up Breath of the Wild? 
Um, you know what? Yes, but at this moment, uh, there's a lot Stardew of Valley. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot on my plate. Yeah. Golf Story, Mario Kart Eight, Mario's coming um, out too. Then. Mario's coming out. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to see how uh, you know, like James uh, wants to get uh, what is that NBA Two K Eighteen? Yeah, I want to get NBA Two K. I want to see how it plays too. You know, so it's like, man, this. I think it's a great buy. Uh, I am still getting the Xbox One X, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if I'll get it day one or, or like in a month or yeah, two. Yeah, um, for me, I'm still on the fence about the Nintendo Switch. I don't know. if Something about me feels like there's going to be a, a revision to the console. Um, or maybe I'm just waiting for a, a bundle that I just is an automatic purchase for me. But it's not quite there yet. Not even the Mario Edition did it for me. So I'm still going to wait on this one. But I'm really kind of curious from the sidelines uh, about your owner experience with this console so i'll be watching with curiosity what if they did like a bowser pimped out edition nah, nah i don't like bowser. White. <laughs> no but white. if it was like a metroid console or like another zelda console you know something like that oh i'd be all in hmm. and they just add like a sticker to it I know, right? You're right. It would be like one lame sticker. <laughs> I think I saw that there's a Monster Hunter one, but you have to like Monster Hunter. But it looks cool, like the actual system. They actually have a design on the back. Um, Wasn't that the one that we, uh, we had a new story and I was criticizing that it looks like it just had a graphic on it? I can't remember. I thought that was the, <laughs> might have been the it Metroid might have been, one. No, no. The, oh, that was the 3DS. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so James, speaking of Nintendo stuff, you, did you get a chance to tear open your SNES Classic and take it out for a spin? Oh, uh, yeah. And I like it quite a lot. It's way smaller than I expected. Um, you can literally put it in your hand. It, it's probably not as big as... Uh, it doesn't fill the whole your whole hand. It's, it's that small. Um, it is a great like nostalgia machine like the moment you i I don't know what it is i think maybe the controller because it feels so much like you remember back in the day uh it just kind of brings you back you know because especially if you when you try all these like knockoff retro inspired ones they kind of feel too thick or something about them they're just not right uh but these super nintendo controllers just bring it back and all these uh old games they're all excellent i've only been messing with a few of them just to like just to pop them uh it's just to see how they run and play. They all run perfectly fine. Uh, what I do want to go over um, outside the games is the little features that they offer, which is pretty convenient. Um, and also, I'll mention some of the flaws. Uh, what's cool is that you can have save states uh, for every game. I think they allow you up to four. So basically, not only can you do whatever in-game that offers you uh, saves in there, you can just save any time you want. So you can always reload it back any, uh, like say you mess up right before a boss and there wasn't a save, like an in-game save. You can just load it up anytime you want and go through it. And then they also offer a little bit, a bit of a rewind function. Um, but it's kind of weird how that's implemented. It's not just like you can do it anytime while you're playing. You have to go make the save state first and then rewind based on the save state. So that's a little bit interesting. I wish it was that a little bit... sounds complicated. No, it's it sounds complicated. It's, it's just um, not as ideal as just having it while you're playing the game. Um, but just doing a save state and then just uh, rewind from the save state, that's how that system works. Um, another thing uh, which is nice is... Uh, um, that it comes with two controllers, so you can play multiplayer off the bat. Uh, uh, it has different, uh, these kind of different, uh, kind of like those arcade games that they really released. You can have like the little borders and all that stuff. Uh, and you can play either in pixel perfect mode, uh, four by three mode, widescreen mode, or 
um, CRT mode. I don't know um, why people would want to ever play CRT mode. It just looks weird to me. Uh, I understand it's supposed to be for uh, to emulate the TV of the back in the day, but I don't remember even looking like that on CRT days. I don't know if you guys can elaborate on that. Of the- um, yeah, I've actually used those um, on like Marvel versus Capcom. Really? Yeah, huh. I kind of like it. Like the the one that adds the scan lines on it. Yeah, that I yeah. don't. Oh. I don't. I don't remember that. Well, that's the thing. You like, know why? I, I, because I guess we didn't sit that close up to the TV. But like, if you would go up to it, it would look like that. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I guess. I've done that a couple of times. I never thought, no, noticed um, that. I mean, yeah, it might have been exaggerated for effect on these filters, but I, I kind of dig it. Um, and it depends how it's done. There's some that kind of add like a little tint to the screen to make it look a little like a burnout yeah, like monitor. A, and it was a little darker. Yeah, I remember those, yeah. uh, those settings as well. I don't know. I guess it's there for like if you want to go super pure. Uh, getting so that. What's look. your filter of choice? Just a regular pixel perfect one, the where Just you know, really I see clean, all the jaggies. Clean very clean, clean jaggy sprites. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's my that's my jam. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have an issue with the system is that uh, it's a little too accurate, or kind of like the original system. If you need to reset this console, you have to go up to the console and actually reset it on the console. And there's no like holding start select. There's no like in game menu uh, where you yeah. can just go into the thing. You gotta literally go up to the console. And uh, it doesn't help with the fact that the controllers aren't that long either. Um, I guess it makes it easier since it's not that long. You have to sit closer to the console itself. That's one of the I have issues with it. Supposedly they made it longer than the NES Classic, but I never had an NES Classic. But it must have been super short because this is still pretty short. I can't fully have uh, the console reach my couch. I would have to have the HDMI uh, portion of it stick out a little longer so I can have the console more in the middle of that room rather than on the, on the TV stand if I wanted to play in the couch. That's probably cheaper to do than to buy those aftermarket Bluetooth yeah, controllers just to get that, a you know cheap, long... Uh, long HDMI cord. Yeah. That's what I've been doing uh, so far. But uh, overall, great set of games. Uh, Final Fantasy VI, uh, um, you know, Super Mario World... Uh, it's just a great list on there. I, I can't wait to eventually get time to play most of these. I, I, I really do generally want to play Legend of Zelda again. I haven't played that in feels like forever. Uh, Final Fantasy VI, I've played many times, but I would I always love that world. I'd love to go back to that. Um, those two are my main games I would love to get back into because some of these games I definitely still don't hold up. Um, Star Fox for sure. It was cool for the time, uh, but it's way too slow down fest uh for me and i've never played the kirby games i hear they're good on the the the, the superstar one that one with the six games in there uh that's one i've never played so i hear that's good i'll give that a shot one day but what's kind of cool these news coming out that you can now sideload uh super nintendo games or roms into the system so that gives me more incentive to put in uh games i've always wanted to play that never got to such as fan translated games such as Secret of Mana uh, 2 or 3. I don't know what it's called in Japan. It's called Seiken Densatsu or something like that. Uh, I've always wanted to play that. Uh, I'm going to uh, bring put, bring over the Super Fire Pro Wrestling games that I used to play back in the day on uh, emulators. And uh, one of the Earthbounds. I forgot which one it is. might have been Mother 3 uh, that they fan translated. Um those are the ones I'm, that more intrigue me with the, uh, with the side-loading aspect of it. But 
it is a great little system. Uh, however, it's sad that Nintendo doesn't make enough of these and makes it easily available to everybody. Um, it's hard to recommend solely on that. Well, what this is what I want to know is if I were to check in with you at the end of the year, we're about to hit the prime time of the holiday season of games here. Are you still going to be playing this system at the end of the year? When when NBA 2K is out, when all these other things that you play, all the all the Star Wars Battlefront games, will you still be playing the SNES Classic? Yeah, sure. Why not? I play every game that I, I own at one point. It's not like I'm just going to stop playing it forever. It's always going to be here available to me. It's a digital... It's like in a digital format, essentially. Um, so I can just pop it in and just play, continue to play um, at my own pace because uh, the safe states will help out a lot on that uh, and you know just get me forward. Because I can just literally just pause it or stop wherever I last stop rather than uh, having to go over uh, a segment again or like another 30 minutes of wherever the last save point, which would make me play the game less. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's gonna, I'm gonna beat all these games by the end of the year. I have my whole lifetime to get through over it. So, and I will, I hopefully want, uh, if I ever have kids to have them experience what I experienced when I was younger to go through these older games before, uh, getting all to these new high graphics version of these games. Fair enough. But knowing kids, they're going to be like, dad, why you make me play these boring games? <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth, son. <laughs> <laughs> You're no son of mine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm in love with this SNS class. And uh-huh. I just wish it was available for everybody. Yeah, seriously. Um, I would love to pick one up. I'm not trying to stand in any lines or do anything extravagant for it. I just want to be able to click at the cart or walk into a store and pick one up. So until then, I'll wait. All good. What have you been playing? Well, uh, I was spotting Mass Effect Andromeda on my... Amazon wish list was dropping in price. And I think when I first put it on, it was like, you know, $23 or something like that. And it started to go down and down and down. And finally, I jumped in at around $12.50. And then with tax, it was like 13 and change. And it's still too much, right? No, that was a good price for it. That (laughs) That was my go to price. Now I got the physical copy. Um, which I, I later have seen that they added to the, uh, or they're going to be adding to the EA vault if you have that, so hold out on that. But that that might explain the, the drop in price. Now, I don't think I'm too far into it. Maybe about an hour, hour and a half, I would say. Um, I've created my character. I tried to make him look like mine. I didn't like the default one, whereas in the original games, I left the default Shepard. I thought he was, he was fine. And... Um, then I made, because you can make your twin sister, I made her have, like, blue hair. It's, to me, it's like a very space future kind of look to it. Uh, <laughs> like wild and yeah, crazy, right? And, but I, Why did you give yourself blue hair? That's, it's it's in the, just in the same future, in the same world. Why I, I guess you I could have. I guess I could have. That would have been cool. Twins with blue yeah. hair. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the, one of the things that they start throwing at you already is is like they're asking you to pick some type of a class, but I'm not clear on how that's taken an effect just yet. Um, and I don't know that they explain you putting in the skill points in the beginning. Like I've leveled up maybe twice now. Mm. So um, it's it's like a lot of information that it's throwing at you. Like there's all these skill trees that are available. You can pretty much do whatever you want. So then why did I even bother picking something in the beginning? And I think because it uh, what it does is allocate some of those earlier points for you to that field. Oh, which is kind I of like see. Guidance, but you can make your guy any way you want. You don't have to follow that path. Okay. Um, 
And also, they're throwing, like, you're picking up a lot of gear and things like that. And I'm not even sure what that stuff does. So, um, a bit of a learning curve in terms of trying to figure out what you need to do with it. But, uh, you know, uh, the graphics look good. I, I didn't see the weird problem. Maybe that was fixed in some of the patches that came out later, but I didn't oh, see. Yeah. Like, There's no issues with that. That those faces emerged. Yeah, when I yeah. It too. Was By fine. the time I played it, it's already all been fixed. Of those little complaints about the the faces and the horrible glitches. Yeah, uh, I did set this on casual mode. There was actually a difficulty below that, which is like storyteller or narrative mode or something like that, where basically you. Don't, I don't even know if you have to do, super easy mode. I, I don't even know <laughs> if you have to do combat, and you might even be able to skip combat. Um, but I just did it on casual because I do want to have a little bit of combat or experience with it. Skip it. Um, so, you know, and, and honestly, I just want to go up in front of people and just shoot them in the face because I'm not trying to sit there back <laughs> and have a strategy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just... It should be a Vanguard then. They're all about up close yeah, combat. Yeah, so I'm going to put some points into that and just stuff that you could just bash into someone. Um, I think that's what I did in some of the other games. But um, it seems promising. I'm going to stick with it. Um but I could see how it's not really grabbing you off the bat. And some of the characters that you meet up front are kind of jerks. And yeah, the initial want, characters yeah. aren't good until you get the rest of the cast. And it, it, it kind of seems like they're just like hitting the, the notes of, well, you know this alien from Mass Effect? Here's a different one with a different voice, right? There's the, the different races. There's the Solarian. There's the, uh, what's the one that's uh, like Rex from Mass Effect 1? I don't know what the, uh, what the... Krogan. The Krogan, you know? And it's just like, okay, yeah, but now they have a different voice. So, you know, it's kind of weird because you, you see them and you recognize and you think about the older characters from the past. But, I mean, I guess it makes sense. This is this it's the same universe. Um, so, uh, I'm going to stick with it. But that's my early impressions on, on that game. But we'll see. Um, one other thing I, I jumped into is... One of the things I always wanted to do, I thought was cool, is to play a Halloween-themed game around Halloween. So, some time ago, they had put Costume Quest 2 on Games with Gold on Xbox. And I picked it up, and I legitimately saved it until this time. And I fired it up the other day, because we are in October. And uh, I played, like, the beginning of the first one, and it seemed like something I would be into. And uh, I don't know if I'm digging it. <laughs> I never liked those games. I I, I, I love the art style of it, um, but the characters don't talk, so you're reading text, and it scrolls by pretty slowly, and it's just like, uh, okay, okay. Learn to read, bro. No, but it, but it goes by <laughs> too slow, though. Um, and then you're just kind of like the the enemies that you do that you run into are kind of generic and. The combat is like a Mario RPG, in which is kind of like timing based, and sometimes my timing is not as good on those to kind of nail like the critical hits and the defense moves. Um, and I don't know; it, it seems interesting, but I don't know if I'm gonna stick with it. But I still have like uh, again; these are all I picked up. These is all up from Games with Gold, but there's like like murders of deadly frames of murder or something like that. Like I would recommend if you're going to do a Halloween themed game yeah. out of the games of gold ones, play either outlast, which you should have and, uh, and or layers of fear. Oh, layers of fear. Thank you. That's the one. So I'm going to jump into layers of fear then probably. 
Uh, Outlast, I actually got that on um, PS Plus. And you also have a Games with Gold if you didn't redeem it, unless you didn't redeem it. Uh, I can, guys, you could call me a total noob, but I, I swear I couldn't get out of the initial basement um, <laughs> when you meet the first enemies in the game, dude. For which one? For Outlast? Yeah. Uh, you're in some well, type of a basement you're trying to get out of there yeah man uh i couldn't do it and i don't even think i might have been even on easy mode and i just couldn't figure out it's because it like makes you fail if the enemy spots you or something like that and i just got frustrated with it i was like oh screw this so <laughs> i may not i may go back to it but i'm not sure but yeah okay layers of fear then i'll probably jump into that one then uh and see how this little halloween theme can go with it sounds good all right, well, and this week, everybody, just a little public service announcement that it is Iron Banner Week in uh, Destiny 2. Mondo and I will probably jump into that a little bit later on today. Uh, I did it in the morning, oh, midnight to 3 a.m. Okay, <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, well. Uh, I'm going to uh, get James's character later on tonight. Any good, any good loot drops? Midnight to 3 a.m. Is it okay? Is it yeah. okay, though? I'm All okay. Right. I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> I did get some loot drops. Uh, so... One of the just you know just really quick here. Um, one of the weird things is about this is that you get your season one rewards. Basically, a milestone is by uh, getting his reputation up uh, ten times. So basically, it's like getting the engram ten times from him, and you get like these uh, season one rewards. Not sure what they are yet. Um, I don't want to read the spoilers. So oh, that's I interesting. I didn't will, realize that. I will try to do it because uh, I also have it for the PS4. Uh, so I'm gonna try to do the Xbox One first with my characters, then James's characters. Like I said, I'm gonna start James's characters in about five hours and counting. And uh, yeah, I'll see what we get. We gotta get raid ready. We gotta get raid ready, and I gotta learn this damn raid because it's just from everything that I read, it's super intricate, and uh, it's gonna be hard to find a good group to kind of go in on this with. Uh, we have our clan, but I don't know that anyone's done it yet, so. Um, bit of research, but it's always been that case for Destiny. Um, all right, well, uh, news of the week. We got a couple of them. Uh, if you saw Monday Night Football, or you, I, you probably didn't even have to, but basically the Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer was launched. I, of course, did not watch it. I'm going in clean as a dove. I have not seen one trailer for this. I've heard the trailers. I've been in movies and I've heard it. Uh, <laughs> you visualize it in your mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know basically who's talking, but because I can't even plug my ears, the theaters are so loud. Uh, but I did not watch it because Rod's in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but tickets went on sale immediately, and unfortunately, we never get our first choice theater, James, which is the uh, Chinese theater here in LA. Not for Star Wars anymore. It's just Star Wars. I don't know what it is. I, it's like these sites either are not equipped, yeah, to handle such a massive load. Um, ever. I mean, for Star Wars, anyways. Just for Star Wars, just for Star Wars, and I, I guess it makes sense. I don't think they'll like upgrade their servers just for one day, right? Or whatever. Right. Um, but it's always a mess. Like they this year, they seem to have gotten better with a queue system. But even that didn't work in where once the queue it was your turn, it just crashes or it doesn't load, or uh, you get to the point where you buy a ticket and it gives you some sort of error. And sadly, uh, none of us was able to get our preferred theater of the Chinese uh, IMAX laser theater. Um, this would happen last time with Force Awakens. 
uh, we eventually ended up watching again in IMAX. Uh, at least uh, just this movie or just Star Wars in general sometimes requires a few viewings just to process everything. Yeah, and, and, and is- to get ahead of uh, the spoilers, right? Like, imagine yeah. if we wanted to wait until we can go see it in a nice theater. Oh, it's, my God, Twitter's going to be blowing up. Yeah, it's like you have to, like, literally avoid the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, just being out and about because uh, this movie's so massive, everyone's going to be talking about it, and it's uh, virtually impossible to avoid it after, if you haven't seen it, like, at least in that opening week or something like that. Um and we tend to we want to avoid that as much as we can. So our plan right now is to the available theater that we ended up getting. We're gonna watch it there just so we avoid it, and then we can watch it again in IMAX, get the better experience the second time, and hope and maybe we even get see different things that we may have not noticed in the first time. Um, but yeah, what a mess uh, the theaters, you know processing and the websites. I wish they can up their game just for the day, but. Uh, it seems like it may be a common thing every year <laughs> moving forward. Yeah, and uh, one thing that also happened to me, James, to keep keep in mind or keep aware of this, I guess, is if you're buying on Fandango, uh, the one thing that's nice is through the app, you can actually cancel your tickets. However, it comes at the expense of your uh, convenience fees. And oh, it does. Yes. It does. So you get your ticket refunded, but not your convenience fees unless you apply for store credit with them, which I didn't want to do. And so I was out a couple bucks, but what was kind of cool about it though is uh, one of the kind of like bonuses you get for getting a Star Wars ticket is they give you like a free poster, movie poster. Oh, and nice. so I'm going to at least, you know, at least that's where my money went. It's like I bought at a poster. Got, at least you got a sweet poster. <laughs> yeah, so, is it a, a spoiler filled poster? Well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I'm so funny. They did it too closely. So there was a thumbnail in my email. I was like, oh, I'm not looking. I see some and I don't want to see it. But I'm, I mean, that would be hilarious. <laughs> like, like, oh, sweet, I'm gonna get my free poster. No, it's a spoiler. That's <laughs> like a porn scene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Force Awakens poster was notorious for showing you who was gonna I know, pick up a lightsaber. You, reg- you regretted seeing I that. Regretted it. I regret <laughs> You're like, it. damn. <laughs> well, yeah. but uh, on other things, the actual trailer itself was amazeballs. Um, any fanboy will tell you that just seeing any footage of this upcoming Star Wars will. Uh, just get them wet with excitement, and uh, I was one of them. <laughs> I perspired with uh, with enjoyment. All right, <laughs> and I'm happy to. I'm happy what I saw, and very intrigued. Um, it was not a bad trailer at all. Okay, all right, not a bad trailer. I did not get wet. <laughs> I'm not a super fanboy. Um, just can't wait. It, it, it was really awesome to look at. Uh, raises a lot more questions. Yeah, and there's I think a lot that's of questions. great. What? And you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And what what got me excited the most um, is just even before the show in the trailer is I think I mentioned to you guys that is directed by Rian Johnson and he is the one that directed most of the biggest episodes of Breaking Bad, especially the darker episodes, and. Um, uh, this specific particular trailer, just based on the visual look and tone of it, you can tell it's not uh, not as like glossy as the first movie is. It's a little bit more gritty um, feeling, anyways. Um, I, not that's not to say the movie's gonna be like that, but I hope uh, just his um, his his prior work just like continues to move forward and 
just the style, like uh, Mondo said, it, it looks like it transcends well in the Star Wars universe. All right. We may have an Empire Strikes Back equivalent on our hands. I wouldn't say it looks like Empire, but um, it would be uh, amazing if it was as good as Empire. Not yeah. exactly if it copies the framework, but in right, terms that's of what I mean. Like in terms of like it being one of the better, you know, of all the movies. That's true. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, another piece of news is uh, we now have another uh, video game that is coming up with loot boxes, and this seems to be a real coming to a real you know what's the word like a critical mass trend. a, a trend big now. trend and it's particularly this holiday season we're now looking at star wars battlefront 2 forza 7 the shadow of war destiny 2 a little bit and injustice probably early on in the year has some of this and uh i just wanted to get you guys take on it or do you what do you think of these loot boxes which are now involving some critical pieces of the game and uh, do you plan on buying any of these things? Uh, with money? Yeah. 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 and I have been dealing with this kind of stuff for quite time, and sometimes, especially in sports games, this is nothing new. Uh, it's just now more common in um, games that are outside of the sports realm. Um, it seems it is a common trend. I don't see it too much of a bother. I can see where it can upset people in terms of competitive play. Uh, that's where I would find it a little um, not so good where it's essentially pay to win in that aspect. If it's something like Overwatch where it's just strictly cosmetic, that's fine because it doesn't really enhance your performance or makes uh, your character more powerful or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's just an unlock. Same thing with Halo. Halo has had that as well um, with the armors. It's just cosmetic. Um, they don't want to help you improve uh, your game. There's actually just elements where they just give you more points uh, uh, otherwise. But those are all things that you can get within the by just playing the game. You don't have to buy any of that stuff. If there's things locked behind loot boxes, that will make a lot of people upset, I imagine. Um, I don't know if any of these games that you mentioned are like that. Uh, but God of War is one uh, just now, and it's out to. Uh, it was out yesterday, and uh, that one is uh, pay to win apparently. Because if you uh, buy, well, that's what I don't the... understand. It's not a multiplayer game. Yeah, I don't mean like pay to win, like where you pay to get better in the single player aspect. Pay to win uh, in terms of anything multiplayer related, because that gives you already an upside. Uh, an advantage. To, yeah. yeah, then compared to uh, another cons- person that may have played like eight hundred hours and didn't get the same loot as uh this guy that just went on and bought it for five bucks um so that's where i could see it being uh uh very controversial well and- listen to this so in battlefront 2 star cards are some of the things that you can get only from the loot boxes and they're crucial for anyone who wants to develop the most powerful characters and ships possible but can you unlock those just by playing yes but it's going to take you a lot longer to get the loot boxes. Yeah, that doesn't sound that great <laughs> in terms of uh, uh, loot boxes. I don't know. That seems to be a common thing. I, Battlefront in, hasn't been too much of a game that I would consider too competitive. Um, I can see it still being annoying that there's like advantages like that. Is it a consumable or uh, just a permanent upgrade type thing? It's a permanent upgrade apparently okay yeah i guess that can speed up your progression yeah. 
that's um yeah that's not i don't know that one's a little iffy I, if the game was a, a more uh i guess competitive game i would be a little bit more upsetting battlefront you just kind of jump in just to have see crazy massive things explode and tons of people because like uh it's hard to in that specific game it's hard for one guy to change the tide of the game like your the death or win yeah uh, uh that can affect it but i could still see it upsetting people and that sucks it's going to be a common trend that you'll see uh probably moving forward because it makes a lot of money and people are going to be buying it we may not be buying it um but uh there are people there are definitely gonna be people like a fraction of it like yeah. say like a two million people buy the game and a thousand and buy it or consistently that's still enough to just give them constant revenue yeah um so i was just hey, saying James, to- i'm looking at my games and app and i don't see star wars battlefront 2 the demo or beta it's already over the beta is already oh. over. It was no over. i thought it was they had extended until to today i thought they said they extended until wednesday uh, I don't. I don't know about that. I heard it was just the weekend. Well, no, what I would say to people is, uh, vote with your wallets. If you don't like this, <laughs> don't don't buy. Oh, okay. Uh, the the loot boxes. You know, you can buy the game. I guess if you like it, but just uh, don't continue to support that. Um, I was watching this interesting video from Jim Sterling on YouTube. That basically he's you know because people were saying, well, the reason why is because sixty dollar games that has not changed since like the xbox 360 when this price point was announced but they're saying he was saying that like look games don't cost 60 dollars anymore anything has a gold edition and anything <laughs> has a season pass that's mm. where you're paying for the extra stuff there you know and, and and it's not a 60 dollar game anymore right we were just talking about how we need to get marvel versus capcom but we want the complete version which is 100 bucks right with the characters so it's like they're already expensive, and then they want to do this on top of that. So it's getting out of hand. So vote with your wallet, guys. Wait for these games to go on sale, too. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's um um. I can see both sides of it. If it helps the game, it depends. Like for example, uh, a lot of the first party, uh, like Rainbow Six Siege is another one, and I think you know like Halo Five, Grand Theft Auto. Whatever these microtransactions offer, it, at least they are providing content with it and for of no charge. I don't mind that. That's when it's okay because they're giving consistent season pass or not pass season uh, expansion expansions uh, over and over and content um, and is solely uh, funded by people who bought the microtransaction stuff in the loot boxes or whatever pack car packs and all that stuff. That I don't mind because you still paid for one game. And you're not paying extra for it. It's the ones with the expansion passes, actual DLCs, uh, all that stuff that could already been in the game. Those are the ones that it's annoying that now you also have to deal with the loot boxes within the game as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. I'm going to be making a pizza soon. And and then probably playing some Destiny. What toppings? Vegetarian. Ugh. Pizza. So like mushrooms, jalapenos, peppers, yep, olives. Might as well just eat those without the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just be eating a cheese pizza, James? <laughs> That's fine. Cheese is good. Better than that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, anything else you guys want to add? Uh, I would like to add that, uh, as always, like to thank Facehugger for providing us with uh, new sweet jams. Uh, check him out on the, the Twitters and the Instagrams at FaceXHugger. 
And uh, follow us as well. We have a website, I think. Uh, <laughs> I believe. Uh, or, or uh, uh, Amanda, you can go relay the, the website stuff. I'm not, I forgot what they were. Oh, so, um, okay, so we do have a Facebook page. You can hit us up there as well. Um, it is uh, the Easy Operations Facebook page. If you want to, you know, send us an email, uh, I believe, uh, wow, I am drawing a blank here. Email is, it, uh, is easyoperationsqa yes. at gmail.com. So any feedback whatsoever, if you want to hear less of Mondo, awesome. I don't mind. I can take criticism, unlike my team members in school. Uh <laughs> But yeah, you know, and uh, again, you know, thanks, Face Hugger. I also use his music, and uh, it's amazing on my uh, little YouTube uh, montages when I talk about Destiny 2 or any other random game which I either want to talk about or just gripe about. So yeah, thank Are you. Are you be planning to uh, stream some of your Switch gaming now? You know what? Um, I want to buy a screen protector before I uh, I dock it. Um, but the first game that I intend on streaming will be a little bit of Stardew Valley. And yeah, because I really, really love that game. Uh, man. Sounds good. All right. Good night, guys. Bye, everybody. Good night.